Hi, my name is Michael Russo, and I'm talking with Dan Regard today about the recent EDI and Sedona conferences. Um, and hopefully he can provide some insight into these conferences, uh, why they're important to the industry, and how they have uh, impacted the industry over the years. So uh, welcome, Dan. Good morning, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. Um, we'll go ahead and jump right in. Um, I know you've been involved, attended, and advocated for uh, both the EDI and Sedona conferences, but uh, for those that may not be aware or have not attended, let's kind of start with um, maybe give us a little background on both the Sedona and the EDI conferences. Well, the Electronic Discovery Institute, EDI, has been a conference that's run now for seven, eight years, I believe. It was started almost as a companion conference to Georgetown, but uh, spun out on its own and really be has become its own voice in the industry. EDI is uh, best known for attracting in-house counsel and getting feedback directly from that perspective. And uh, it's become a go-to event every year. And are, are each of these conferences designed for different types of attendees or are they both kind of geared towards similar audiences? Well, they, they are different, although we do see a lot of overlap. Uh, I just described EDI. Sedona has been running since actually the 1990s, but Sedona for e-discovery purposes since 2002, 2003, where it started in Sedona, Arizona, hence the name. And Sedona has already all, always positioned itself as a thought leadership group. It, 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 it surveys the industry. It, it assimilates best practices. It publishes thought leadership papers. The, the Sedona uh, e-discovery principles really uh, was a groundbreaking publication when it came out. Those principles really have provided guidance to thousands of litigants on how to exchange and deal with electronic discovery well before the rules addressed it. Okay. And like based on industry uh, or practice or what you specialize in, should you, if you're looking at attending one of these conferences, is there one over the other that you should attend or, or should both be considered depending on what you do in the field? Well, I think they're both they're both important for their own purposes. Uh, it's really important at EDI to get the feedback from in-house counsel and, uh, you know, the, really the clients, and that's in air quotes, the clients who are dealing with litigation and really um, enjoy or suffer the outcome of electronic discovery and how it affects litigation, both from a merits perspective, as well as from a cost and burden perspective. Uh, you, you hear about teams that have gone in-house, in-house leaders who have built teams and practices to deal with e-discovery on a sustained, repeatable basis. Uh, that really forces best practices and efficiencies. Sometimes it's hard to replicate that on a one-off case basis, but it's really important to realize that it can be done. Um, how that uh, sustained portfolio approach to litigation really changes the way one thinks about e-discovery solutions and problems. At uh, Sedona, on the other hand, you're talking to people on a, almost a case-by-case -case basis. Sedona's also been really successful in getting a lot of support from the bench. So we get a lot of direct feedback from the judges at the state level, at the federal level, uh, both magistrate as well as district judges, Article III judges. It's, it's been very valuable from that perspective because the judges, in a similar but different way than in-house counsel, are the customers. You know, they are the ones hearing the results of all these efforts we put into e-discovery. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're not making the judge 
giving the judge the ability to understand what you're doing, giving the judge the ability to allow the case to progress and let e-discovery facilitate the discovery of the merits and the resolution of the damages rather than becoming a sideshow into itself, you're probably not satisfying the bench. And keeping the bench on track is a big part of everyone's strategy, or at least it should be, not just the tactics of how do you collect and process and host documents and data. So I, I think both conferences have their own speakers, they have their own value, they have their own audience. I go to both as well as a couple of others, and I think it's really valuable, and I, I, I also enjoy it. I see some people that I've known for 10, 15, 20 years when I go to these conferences. Uh, e-discovery has become a real uh, community to itself, a real bar, if you will, to borrow the terminology from the legal practice, where what we've lost through social distancing, through video conferencing through just having a national practice where you don't see the same attorneys or judges on a repeatable basis, you're actually seeing the same practitioners in e-discovery. And so we, we talk about the Sedona bubble. People are inside the bubble, not only because they're experienced and knowledgeable on the Sedona issues that are discussed, but because they are familiar with other people within the bar. And so you get that collegiality that is really important to allow people to develop a relationship, develop a level of trust so that you can really work, focus on the merits, not focus on the trust. And, and many times I find myself uh, working with or working opposite some of the very people I see at these conferences. And the fact that we already have this sustained academic relationship allows us to make further progress faster to resolve issues Again, to the benefit of the litigants, whether that's in-house counsel or um, it could be individual named plaintiffs, anyone who's trying to litigate and resolve their issues or in front of the bench. So it, it, it's really beneficial on a variety of levels. Well, you kind of addressed some of that just now, but if you had to summarize the importance of these conferences and these types of conferences and their role in the industry and the role they've played in the past and the growth of the industry, how would you kind of talk about that? Well, you know, if you want to go to a conference where you're absorbing information from really educated speakers and um, recommendations, but really more of the practical hands-on I was there, I did this, this was the outcome. EDI is a great conference. If you want to participate in the, 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 the presentation really is a panel of dialogue leaders inviting the audience to contribute just as much as the people on the panel do. And you want to talk about what the world could look like, what the future could look like, where are the problems that we need to um, mitigate, where are the successes we need to replicate? Sedona is a great place for that. Um, obviously, you have people in both conferences who can be more listeners than uh, overt, outgoing, um, extrovert participants. You can have people who are the extrovert and speak at everything. You can kind of guess probably which category I fall in. Uh, I, I, there's a joke that's often said at conferences, they say, Dan, what panel are you speaking at? And the answer is well, all of them. Of course mm. I interact. That's how I learn. And that's how I contribute, but you don't have to, 
But in general, I would say EDI is a listening conference and Sedona is a participant conference. Mm -hmm. um, EDI is hearing the feedback from in-house counsel and obviously judges and consultants and vendors. Sedona is hearing the feedback from the judges as well as in-house counsel, outside counsel, consultants and vendors. Um, but those are the main themes I take away from those. Well, it sounds like, I mean, with the technology constantly evolving and, and moving so fast that these conferences kind of catch everybody up to speed, right? And bring you the, the latest advancements or what's going on in the world, in the world of e-discovery. Like it is a pulse of the industry in a lot of ways. Well, it absolutely is. Not a pulse from a financial industry, not a pulse from an investment industry, but pulse from a uh, practical, how do you deal with the challenges of e-discovery Absolutely. Each conference has typically at least one section where there's a judicial panel. Each conference has at least one section where there is a uh, review of recent case law, the cases of the trailing 12 months that really stood out for um, artificial intelligence or fake evidence or resolution or ESI protocols or emerging best practices. And so we get to review that information in a way that you really can't pick up a textbook. You can't go to a university course. Uh, it's moving too quickly for that. Um, those issues exist. Books do exist. Courses do exist. But they are really backwards looking, not not as contemporaneous as we need to be. Mm -hmm. What um, Was there any, just talking about this year in particular and more recently the events, uh, the biggest takeaways you had from, from the events or something, one key thing that you took away that changed maybe your perspective or the way you do business or the way you uh, consult with your clients? Absolutely. Uh, the big takeaway for me, and it's, it's, it, it was punctuated this year, I wouldn't say that it started this year, is the ever-increasing um, occurrence of databases in the discussion. For the last 20 years, the e-discovery world has been dominated by discussions over documents and emails. How do you control documents? How do you control emails? How do we handle the volumes? How do we handle the workflow? How do we present those in court? How do we apply technology? And some people would have said, it's getting old. I've done it for 20 years. Who wants to do that same conversation? Things aren't changing as rapidly as they did at the beginning. And e-discovery is getting uh, to be... Um, well, they say, you know, once in-house corporations have a procurement process for a service, it's no longer cutting edge. So it's, mm -hmm. it's gone mainstream. It's been operationalized. But in fact, with databases and the Internet of Things, we see a brand new chapter opening up for e-discovery where e-discovery is fresh again. And, and we can anticipate, based on what happened in the last 20 years, the types of business flow cycles we're going to go through over the next 20 years. Or maybe we could do it a little bit faster, do it in 15 or do it in 10. It's not going to happen overnight. We have a lot to learn. We have new best practices to develop. We have new publications to make. We have new challenges to face. We have new problems to solve. And, and for me, it is exciting today as it was in 2003 when we just got started down this pathway. So my big takeaway is what was old is now new. What was tired is fresh and buckle up because it's going to be a fun ride. 
Was there um, was there any favorite speakers or speakers that stood out for you or even topics from the past conferences this year or in the past that really kind of uh, are on the forefront of your memory? Well, I got to tell you, um, first of all, I am eternally grateful to the judges who donate so much of their time to these conferences because their voice is so important to the things we're doing. Their firsthand perspective on how effective we are or are not is crucial to everyone in the industry. Uh, there are some judges who are repeat, um, you want to call them donors because they donate their time. They're repeat speakers. They're, they're practically celebrities in the industry. Some recently retired judges like Andrew Peck, like James Francis, uh, Nan Nolan. Um, I haven't seen Shira Shinlan lately, but I know that she has spoken so many times and brought so much to the table, uh, Judge Laporte. And then we have sitting judges like Judge uh, Xavier Rodriguez from the Western District of Texas, who seems to be tireless with his donation of time and effort in this area. And he's contributed so much. Um, he's a frequent uh, appearer, but we have a lot of others um, in, in smaller conferences, national conferences. That's my first standout. Beyond that, we have some really great proven speakers with Anthony Diana from Reed Smith. He always blends knowledge with humor. We have Craig Ball, who's an independent, but has uh, garnered so much experience in this industry, has written so much about it, and is such a dynamic speaker. Uh, we have uh, Paul Wiener from Littler, who always impresses me with the degree of preparation and the quality of his insights. Martin Tully, who brings a lot of energy, Phil Favreau with his academic quality, Ariana Tadler with her experience, her wisdom, her insight, and Jennifer Coleman, uh, Mira Edelman, um, Laura Kitty. We have some people who have had so much experience, so much to share. Um, they present such great topics. We really have uh, a gift with the people who speak for us. Was there any um, anything, and again, can we may have addressed this already, but that surprising that came out this past year, for example, that was like, okay, this is a game changer, or this was something that really is going to affect everyone? Going back to databases, uh, I would say databases and Internet of Things combined with increasing concerns over privacy. Now, privacy is not a... Um, is not part of the rules of electronic discovery or discovery in general. It's not part of the federal rules of civil procedure. It's not a valid objection to, I don't want to produce this document because I consider it private. Of course it's private. If it wasn't private, I'd already have it. I wouldn't have to go through the court system to get a copy of it. Um, but saying a document is private versus saying that private to a litigant, versus a document is private because it contains information of someone who's not in the courtroom today, essentially a third party. The, the entire industry and the bench is grappling with how to deal with the sensitivity to privacy, but the need to exchange information to resolve disputes, even when that information contains what you might consider to be uh, private or sensitive information. And, and that's going to be a real challenge for us because the aggregation of this private information is increasing. Uh, companies, in fact, 
find that it is, when properly collected, a real asset that they can leverage. I mean, part of Facebook's value, or I should refer to it as Meta now, part of Meta's value is the information they have about their users. The same with Google, the same with Yahoo, the same with other large companies uh, and small companies who can create sustainable business cash flows and business models. As we aggregate that information and it's electronic, it becomes more and more likely that we will uh, have that collected, considered, and produced in discovery. And, and how we deal with that is going to be a sensitive third rail for us going forward. And so that's a big aha moment, I think. Mm -hmm. From um, as the CEO, the founder of IDS and your company, what has your role been in these conferences and how do you plan on staying involved in the future? Great question. Um, I think that my role is threefold or fourfold at these conferences. Uh, one is, even though I am the CEO, I'm still very much a practitioner. And in fact, I have been involved in some of the uh, standout cases of the last 12 months. So I'm actually at these conferences providing background on how those cases developed, how the decisions were made, and details that the audience may not be aware of because it's not published in the narrow opinions that judges write. So uh, we had a large case last year on fake evidence that resulted in appropriate but severe sanctions against the plaintiff, her lawyer, her lawyer's law firm. IDS was involved in that case, and we put together the substantive testimony that really led to that judicial opinion. That whole experience is rich with lessons that we're able to share from a firsthand perspective that I'm able to share as the testifying expert. Um, we had also a really large case involving ESI protocols that really was a, a, a landmark case and that the bench and the special master who was a retired magistrate, former magistrate uh, James Francis, really um, clarified what parties need to do to have reasonable processes, but what rights parties have to determine their own processes versus having them imposed by the um, opposing party. Uh, so really, groundbreaking clarity in that area. I think it was a really good decision. And how we got to that point, what the decision was, is really important as a participant. Now, as a CEO, my job is to listen, not talk, and to hear what others are saying, to understand where the industry is, where we've come from, and most importantly, where we're going. Uh, at the same time, while I'm at these conferences, I am meeting extraordinarily talented people, uh, and, and there are opportunities there to find people to join IDS, to bring their talent, to bring their acumen to our client portfolio, to our issues, to work with our team. We provide a great environment for that type of talent. We're always looking for additional talent. So meeting individuals is important and meeting business partners is important for us as well. IDS does a lot of services. We don't do them all. We license software and solutions from other people. Uh, we find ourselves oftentimes working in projects where we are a member of a larger team of multiple law firms and multiple companies and multiple consultants. And so one needs to understand how to build those relationships, how to work within your team, how to stay in your swim lane and how to be most effective. These conferences help with that as well. So I would say for those four key areas, crucial. The fifth area I would say is uh, being able to give back. 
I don't think anyone can be in an industry for 10, 15, 20 years and not have an opportunity or even a, a, an obligation, if you will, a social contract to give back to the industry what you've learned and to give of your own time as these judges have been doing. And uh, I don't want to overlook what we mentioned earlier, building individual relationships in the industry so that even if you don't work together on the same team, you have people you can reach out to for advice, for guidance, for soundboarding. It's, it's really important to have these relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you talk a lot about ex- IDS's experts of being experts. And I think this is part of that process, right? Of being out there and learning new things and growing as a, as a, as a team and a staff and as an industry, correct? There's no question. Um, you know, some people might say if you've been doing something for 20 years, Malcolm Gladwell would say if you've done something for 10,000 hours, you're an expert. Uh, you certainly are an expert to those who are not an expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, compared to them, you are absolutely an expert. But I think the essence to being really good at anything you do is to have a insatiable degree of curiosity and a thirst for learning. And it's um, certainly the attitude I try to take. And when I go to these conferences, I'm there to learn as much as I am there to teach. I think that when we stop learning, we're done. And in an industry like eDiscovery, that is constantly changing. That is opening up this brand new chapter into the Internet of Things and data privacy and structured data. There was a ton to learn. And um, for me personally, that learning is, is a, it's a drive. It's a thirst. And, and when I get nuggets from other people's presentations, when I get best practices, when I get insights, it's always rewarding. Mm-hmm. Kind of as we kind of get to the end of this, um, who would you, if you would say, who do you think would benefit the most from attending an EDI or Sedona conference in 2022? Who were the people that you would say, hey, you haven't done this yet, but you really should? You know, I, I would say anybody who wants to really know and understand e-discovery, whether you are a solution provider, whether you're an attorney who's litigating any case, because all cases have evidence and all evidence tends to be electronic these days. If you're an in-house counsel who's trying to understand how do I shave uh, another 20% off of my legal budget, but improve my performance by an additional 20 to 50%. If you're a um, if you're a judge who has seen the influx of e-discovery issues in your courtroom and you want to be more conversant with the issues and the solutions, this appeals to everybody. Uh, I know that everybody doesn't have the budget for it. Some people don't make the time for it. But I couldn't imagine anybody, for example, at IDS, at, who would not benefit at one time or another from going to one of these conferences, uh, whether it's virtual or in person, to really see what's happening, what's the conversation, what are the real issues out on the street as opposed to the myopic view we have when we're inside of our four walls. Perfect. Um, I want to thank you, Dan. I think this was great. Um, In closing, is there anything, any questions you wish I would have asked or things that we want to just wrap up or summarize with? Well, I would... um, I would say the following. Uh, one of the things that we talked about earlier was the Sedona bubble, the the, the long-term relationships, uh, the, the experienced speakers. Every conference, though, that I've been to, uh, every conference is constantly looking for 
the next generation of leadership, the next generation of voices. And uh, one of the things that I really uh, enjoy doing and one of the things that I really enjoy advocating for is having new speakers speak up and allowing the experienced speakers to, to, to become the mentors and the teachers rather than dominating the space because we we need to hear those new voices we need to make room for that next generation uh, and 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 they'll surprise you and they bring great energy and excitement I, i'm watching that in a microchasm within ids where some of our up-and-coming consultants and managing consultants and senior managing consultants are starting to speak starting to get opportunities and it lights them up uh emotionally it lights them up professionally it brings a new voice and so that's really the issue that we could have spent more time talking about because it's so fun and it's mm -hmm. it's it's passionate to me to see that happen um but michael i mean you're a great interviewer hopefully i, I i'm a okay interviewee and we cover some really great topics today yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I appreciate your time and uh, talking about this. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And uh, if you want to learn more information about Sedona or EDI conferences, you can visit the SedonaConference.com. We're going to put that uh, link down at the bottom, uh, eDiscoveryInstitute.com, or to learn more about IDS and how they work to solve complex data problems for companies and law firms both here and in the UK, you can visit IDSInc.com. So thank you again, Dan, and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you, everybody.